Okay, welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, March 27th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. Uh, as always, I'm, I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. I'm here with my co-host, Truman Karcheski. What's going on, guys? And we have a special guest in the studio today, Mr. Brett High. Glad to be here. <laughs> so we're just going to get right into it. Uh, over the weekend, obviously, March Madness, probably the biggest storyline right now. Some of the fallout from March Madness. I think it's clear that Villanova is the best team left out of this Final Four. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think a lot of people had Villanova going. Obviously, we talked high about Virginia, and they did not turn out at all. Um, but I think I think Villanova's the front runner so far um, right now. And you know, Kansas will be good. They'll give them a nice test. But then in the other side of the bracket, you know, you got Michigan, who's good, and then the the underrated uh, Loyola. So yeah, I would say Villanova's the far and ahead uh, front runner. But you'll never you never know. Yeah, I I think Villanova. You know they look really great versus West Virginia, and then they just destroyed Texas Tech. And I think you know Kansas looks solid. Michigan's getting hot at the right time, and I don't think Loyola's a joke. I don't think people should think of them as you know just a lucky team who got you know a couple lucky games, easy, easy opponents. I think they're a good team, and I think they're more than capable of beating Michigan. A lot of their games come down the last second, though. Yeah, you have to look. Yeah, you have to look. It's like it's really looked like it's just been magical as hell because they just they win these games with Sister Jean. Yeah, almost all the time. There's always like five seconds left. Five seconds, like some shot. crazy yeah. shot, deep three. Just think, of, they would have been out in that first round if they didn't make that like mid court yeah. three. Yeah, Maybe. it just seems like a little bit of a miracle. I think the, I, I think they will give Michigan a test though. But I, I think Michigan's this, too good in my opinion. I think I think this is where their their run ends. Yeah, I think Michigan wins easily. Maybe maybe not as easily as people think, but I think yeah, Michigan's gonna get the upper hand in that one. Um. So that's enough right now for in uh, March Madness. You know, obviously we got big games over the weekend. We'll talk about that on Thursday show, but we're gonna get into the NBA. Um, one of the biggest storylines I think coming out of the NBA was is tanking. You know, this season it's kind of become more prevalent and more obvious. You know, you had Mark Cuban who got fined uh, six hundred thousand dollars for saying that losing is be- is the better option right now. You know, you got a lot of teams right now like the Grizzlies who lost by sixty one points the other day. You know, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Mavericks, the Hawks, the Kings, the Magic, the Bulls, and the Knicks. It looks like they're all just trying to, you know, lose right now to get that number one draft pick. So that brings the question, is tanking really worth it? Um, I think it could be for a, for franchises like the Grizzlies. I'm a Bucks fan, so I'll, I'll just say it. Like, they're, the smaller the smaller known <coughs> franchises, the smaller markets, they don't get free agents to come very often and stuff like that. So if you get a draft pick, like a top five or a top three, you you can get that impact player that you need to turn your franchise around. Because is are the Grizzlies really going to get someone that's from free agency that's going to make an impact? Probably. No, mm. probably not. Because <coughs> it just doesn't seem like Memphis is that attractive a place. So if they do get a top five, top three pick, they can get a they can get a player there that will change their franchise around. Yeah, I think tanking's worth it right now because... Mm. I mean, the NBA lottery system is still around. Nothing seems to be changing soon. And the Bulls did get a warning, I think it was a couple weeks ago, for benching healthy players and for resting them. And uh, that's all that's really gone on. Just It's barely even a slap on the wrist. And this is one of the most stacked draft classes uh, coming up this year. And so uh, tanking to get that like franchise player is absolutely worth it in my opinion right now. Yeah, and especially with, you know, the super teams, you know, free agents, you know, if you're a free agent, why wouldn't you go to like a team like the Warriors or the Cavs or the uh, Rockets when you could you, know, you get an easy maybe an easy ride to the championship or else you have to go to like the team like the Suns and kind of carry it. And I think it helps. I don't think, you know, that the draft is as big you know, as an importance as uh, most leagues. You know, you look, some players don't even turn out. You know, second-round picks, you know, most of the guys picked in the second round don't even make the roster sometimes. But there's always diamonds in the rough that you can find, and it really helps when you find that franchise player like the Bucks did with Giannis, even though he's not that good. He's um, <laughs> top five player in the NBA, but yeah, you can... Yeah, you can so. find players in the draft, though, at all rounds, and that's why we wanted to give, you know, some of our early, you know, NBA draft sleepers, and we'll let Brett start with his. All right, well... 
so in this draft, everyone knows this is probably one of the most stacked draft classes for big guys. You have like Muhammad Bamba, Jaron Jackson, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley. But not only is it like a great draft for those top tier bigs, there's a lot that could come up uh, and go into the deeper picks, like maybe the 10 through like 20 range that will be probably be great players. Uh, one of my sleepers is Wendell Carter Jr. out of Duke. He's a freshman. He plays power forward and center. Uh, six foot ten, and he averaged on the season uh, thirteen and a half points, uh, nine point one rebounds, and two blocks. Uh, he's kind of been in the shadow of Marvin Bagley the whole season. Everyone's been giving Marvin Bagley a lot of hype, but he's proven to be like that double double type player who's uh, definitely great on defense. Uh, and just like kind of a key stat is he finished second in player efficiency rating uh, behind Marvin Bagley in the ACC. And he did show flashes in the tournament too. Like he dropped 14 and 12 against Syracuse in, uh, in that victory. Yeah, for me, I, I have a guy who's kind of a sleeper. He's Alizé Johnson from Missouri State. I think he could be the next Jimmy Butler. He's 6'10". And I know that's a big, big <laughs> statement coming out of college, but he looks so much like Jimmy Butler. You know, when Jimmy Butler was coming out of Marquette, he wasn't the best offensive player. He didn't really have that outside shot. And I think, and Alice Johnson has that. He's, you know, he's 6'9". He averaged 15 points and 11 rebounds. He's played in every single game at Missouri State. He started every single game his freshman and sophomore year. He's a good shooter. He's got a nice, crisp shot. You know, he can rebound the ball really well. And I think he could be somebody that could turn a franchise around if they pick him in the later rounds. And uh, I have uh, another sleeper. That's He's another big guy. Uh, coming out, not many people know who he is. His name's uh, Robert Williams out of Texas A&M. Uh, he's a sophomore, power forward and center. Uh, and he's like a super, like really athletic uh, power forward. He's got a large wingspan, seven foot six. Uh he had a really good game against Providence in the tournament. He had 13 points, 14 rebounds, and two blocks. Um, he's the kind of guy where if you put him in a good system, I think, he can develop into like a serious player in the NBA. Definitely an upper-tier big man. Uh, it's just he right now his offensive game is a little limited, but I, I just think if you put him in a good system, uh, like maybe I was thinking the Clippers could use a guy like him. Doc mm-hmm. Rivers is a great coach. Uh, they're obviously going younger, and I don't think – DeAndre Jordan might be around for long. He doesn't seem to be a, a fan of the organization anymore. So I feel like that could be another sleeper pick in the draft. Um, for me, I got a few deep ones. Um, <clears throat> I'm one of the people who I really I don't like the NBA draft. Um, obviously, it helps. I mean, it's the draft, but I just I just think that if you don't have like a top ten pick, it's very hard to find diamonds in the rough. Um, but it's, you know, you guys got like Isaiah Thomas and stuff like that. Guys that do go later in the second round and stuff like that, you know, you find them, but I think it's just so much harder than the NFL. Um, but for me, um, my first one would be Tyler Hall. Um, he's a shooting guard, um, out of Montana state. Um, he, for his career, um, he, he averaged 20 points a game. Um, last year, just the senior season, he averaged 17 and a half. Um, I think it said he's averaging over 40% from three. Um, I think he he could go late. He'd go late in the second round, and I think that's when teams look for like a sharpshooter or something like that who can come in and shoot. The Bucks failed with that with Rashad Vaughn. Um, but I think if you find a sharpshooter, diamond in the rough like Tyler Hall, um, that'll help. Obviously, his stats back it up. Um, and then another one I liked was uh, was Jacob Evans, I think his name was, from from Cincinnati. Um, through his first 10 games, he averaged, like, I think he averaged 20, 26 points or something like that. He was going off absolutely for Cincinnati, and then he had an injury-plagued season. Um, Cincinnati kind of faltered towards the end, and things stepped back. Um, but he's going to go later in the first round, maybe early second round. I think he could be, he's a small forward, 6'6". Six, six. Um, I think that could be worth a pick. Yeah, there's always, you know, late round picks that everyone gets pretty hyped about. But let's move on to the NBA, you know, the season that's going on right now. We had two big injuries over the past couple weeks, you know, with Steph Curry and Kyrie. You know, Steph's got that ankle issue and Kyrie's got the knee issue. And we just wanted to think, you know, what, how is this going to impact, like, the Celtics and the Warriors going forward into the playoffs? Oh, well, I mean, 
I think it was two years ago, similar situation. Steph Curry, I think, missed the first round. I think it was against the Portland Trailblazers. Warriors were completely fine. Cavs did go on to win the championship that year. But <laughs> um, honestly, the Warriors have enough talent. And Kevin Durant, I think, will be back for the playoffs. I believe maybe miss one game, two games. Yeah. And they have way too much talent. So he's in a great coach and Steve Kerr. Uh, same with It's a similar situation with the Celtics, I think. Uh, without Kyrie Irving, I think they'll be fine still because Brad Stevens is probably a top three coach in the NBA. They have an amazing system. Prove that through like countless players playing for them and having their best careers and then leaving and not doing as much for other teams like Jay Crowder. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, though, it's going to be a little bit different in so, like one sense that the West is a lot more stacked this year as far as teams have been. Like The West is always stacked, but right now the playoff race is really close between several teams, like between seeds three and eight and it could be a really interesting year for the West Side West Conference. Yeah, I I think I think the Kyrie injury. Um, I think it said he will be back. Um, for the playoffs. Um, I think it's one of those things. Like Brett said, Brad Stevens is such an amazing coach, and they have so much young talent that it won't really impact them as much because they will be playing. You know, I unfortunately say it, they'll probably be playing someone like the Bucks or someone in the first round. If the Bucks make it. Uh, the Bucks are going to make it. That's true. Hornets um, are coming up. Um, <laughs> just one of those weaker Eastern Conference teams right now. Um, I think so. I think the first round, the Celtics would be fine, even if Kyrie was coming back. And, you know, obviously it's going to take him maybe a little bit of time to get back into rhythm. But he's more, he's one of the best players in the league, so I don't think it'll take him that much time. But for the Steph injury, um, the West is so stacked that, you know, someone, a lower seed um, in the West could give the Warriors some some trouble. I'm not saying that they would beat the Warriors, but they could take them maybe to six, five or six games mm-hmm. and make it a little mm-hmm. bit harder on them when, let's say, the Rockets or someone like that is going to sweep through it and, you know, would get a little bit extra rest. Yeah, the Trailblazers have surprised a lot of people. Yeah, they've been playing really well. I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think the Celtics are going to miss him a lot. I think, you know, he's going to help in those later round playoff games. But they have players like Rozier. You know, he had 33 points the other night. He's been stepping up. You know, they've won four in a row. You know, last night they beat the Suns. So I don't think that's really going to matter as much. But when you get playing like the teams like the Raptors and the Cavs and the big name, you know, Eastern Conference teams, they're going to need Kyrie. You need a player like that, like that caliber that Kyrie has. And like Steph, they're obviously deep. You know, they got... Kevin Durant, they got Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. I don't think it's going to matter the as much um, in those first rounds, but as you get later, you're going to need Steph to kind of come in and be the player he can be. Um, so let's move on to some baseball talk, but first we got to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional lawn landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Brett? Oh, I, I, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and trust me, you will never be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392, and the email is lawnservices.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, you grow it, we'll cut it. So, opening day is right around the corner. It's, you know, it's on Thursday. They're playing all the games on Thursday. Every team is going to play, which kind of sucks because the Indians play in Seattle, and their opening game is on a Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Um, some of the storylines I think we got to watch for, for me, it's the Yankees. How are the Yankees, how's the lineup going to do? You know, obviously, Greg Bird got hurt the other day. He's going to be out for a couple months, but, you know, they still got Stanton and Judge and Sanchez so I think that's one of the biggest storylines is how are they going to fare you know, in that first game, fitting all that talent onto the field. Another one for me, again, it's close to home, is Felix Hernandez. Obviously, the Indians are playing the Mariners um, on opening day. He's going to be starting. I think this is like his ninth opening day start. You know, he's finally healthy. You know, how will he do coming into this season? You know, does he still have some gas left in the tank? I think that's something to watch for on Thursday. Yeah, I think it's easily the Yankees. I think everyone's watching the Yankees. I think when you look across sports and teams form like a super team in the offseason or something like that, everyone wants to see what they do in their first game. 
Um, you look at the um, NBA and stuff like that. But for the MLB, you know, this the, this the first team and like that you just look at and you look at their roster and their and their lineup and you say you just look at it and you see all the superstars and all the potential and all the home runs and it's really going to be interesting to watch. Who, do you know who they're playing their first? Who Yankees? Yeah. No, I don't. But I know they're I know they're playing on Thursday. I just don't know. I got a question for you guys. Do you think uh, Judge has a sophomore slump? Yeah, we've discussed this in the other yeah. shows, but um, I I think the difference between a slump and I think he slumps from what he did last season, but I still think he has a good season. Yeah, I don't think he produces 50 home runs again, but Stanton's going to help him out because Stanton's been there before. But I don't think – I think he could slump, but I think more than likely he's – you know, that power is just insane. He's not going to – he's still going to be an all-star caliber player. Yeah, but you just get back to the Yankees. I just think anytime – and also anytime a superstar like Stanton leaves for another team – um, you always kind of want to see them in that setting, in their uniform, and, and yeah, it's gonna be weird to watch Stanton and Yankees. him batting in their lineup. So I think, yeah, I think for opening day, I think as a baseball fan, obviously I'm watching for the Brewers, um, but stuff like that, and I just think for a baseball fan and a sports fan in general, you kind of want to see what the Yankees can do. Yeah, I love how the MLB, you know, put every single game on one day. You know, they used to do like they would do a game in like Australia like two weeks ahead and that was I didn't like that I like how they're fitting all the games onto one day and just starting off with a bang I think that's really cool so some of our MVP predictions for the season we wanted to go ahead and give some of those I think the AL it's pretty much the same as it was last year I think you got three names at the top I think you got you know obviously you got Trout you got uh Jose Altuve who's probably Probably gonna win it in my opinion. I think Trout will. I don't know. I mean, Altuve hit what he hit three thirty, three forty last year. That's gonna be tough. To but I think with. you know, I was, this is one as close to my heart. Jose Ramirez. I think he could become a dark horse contender. He was second All right. last well, year. Well, then I get to throw a Brewer in there for the NL. Then I think Ramirez has the talent to win this. I don't think the Brewers have any players that could win it. <laughs> and then the NL, I think Nolan Arenado is probably going to win. He's the front runner right now, but you got players like Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant who are going to be fighting for that spot as well. But I think, you know, I think Trout and Altuve are going to probably compete for it, you know, go to head to head. I think Arenado sweeps it and easily wins it in the NL. Yeah, I, that was my pick for the NL too, but I think in the AL um that Trout wins it. Trout has just been the most consistent um, player over the last three years, and he's just looked like he's just he's just so good. He's so consistent. He hits a consistent thirty home runs a year. Yeah, Altuve had an a, a just a phenomenal season last year. Obviously, the Astros won the World Series, but is he going to be able to hit three twenty, three thirty again? I don't he's think done so. It two years in a row. I don't. Th- you think he's going to be able to do it three years in a row? I don't, I don't think so. You think Trout's going to do it again? I think Trout has consistently been a. 295 so to 310 hitter. So and Altuve. I think there's no slump there. Altuve, though, has been consistent. Altuve's been consistent, so has Trout. So why are you Trout's, saying Altuve's going to slump? Trout's also Trout hit. Won't. What? Trout won't. Trout has consistently well, why, over the past four to five years. Yeah, but why? So what's the threshold for that? Two years and you won't slump? Or three years and you won't slump? Yeah, I think if you're consistently that good for three to four years, you will. You have shown that you're one of the best players. You're one of the best players in in the game. Yeah, I don't know. I I I like Trout. I think people undervalue him as much as you know his numbers are insane, and I think people just kind of take for granted the kind of greatness that we're watching with Mike Trout. Another big storyline out of the MLB was Albert Bell, who was arrested at a spring training game. He was drunk. He was charged. Indian with, char, charged with three <laughs> counts of you know different stuff like DUIs and being under the influence. And, you know, Albert Bell's just always been the kind of guy that, you know, he's kind of been to himself. He's always got that weird, you know, vibe Cleveland about him. sports and that's, player. He's pretty well, consistent. Yeah, he, I still, I love Albert Bell. You I, love Albert Bell. It's the funny. time he spent in Cleveland. They love criminals. The time he spent in Cleveland, you know, was amazing. You know, obviously you think of some of those memories. I wasn't alive during his prime years in Cleveland. Was he drunk for those? Or but was he, he was, you know, was some of the sober? stories that I learned, you know, just ignore Truman. Some of the stories, oh, you know, drunk? that you read about, you know, when he, you know, people were accusing him of corking his bat. So he stood up in the dugout and flexed his muscle and told him this is where their cork is right here. <laughs> and I think it's sad to He's see. probably drunk. Sad to see a guy who was so high come down like this. You know, the Indians have been trying to get him back at their ballpark for years. They retired his uh, number a couple years ago. 
I don't know his number. They inducted him to the Hall of Fame a couple years ago, and he didn't want to come. You know, I just think it's sad. I think he needs to get back to where he's loved, like a place like Cleveland, and kind of put his life back on track. Yeah, there's nothing much more to say than he's a, he's an Indian, so you guys can claim that one. I mean, yeah, you have Ryan Braun to claim, so. Ryan Braun didn't do it. And Ryan Braun's caught twice and lied nah. about it. Okay, now Ryan we're going to move on to football talk, but, but first, we got to tell you that our show is still brought to you by Dee's Home Cuts. Dee's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, Dee's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut with styling. Truman, and I, have been, Truman, I, and Brett have been going there for the past couple months, and let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. I know Truman just came from the shop, actually, about... 20 minutes ago. Feeling fresher than ever. I was there. I had to come back for the show. I'm, I'm actually leaving as soon as the show's over. Go get a cut. He had Fortnite set up in the lobby while you were waiting. I mean, we're... Yeah, he's even playing March Madness for me while I was getting my hair cut. Yeah, well, oh, that wow. doesn't get better. <laughs> the cuts also get better because every time you go in, he's always upgrading his equipment so they can give you the best haircut possible. You can find these home cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts or on Instagram now. He created an Instagram. You know, it's... We followed him. We also created an Instagram. But just DM him for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. These home cuts at a profession, professional haircuts at a low price. <laughs> so let's move on to some football talk. I think one of the biggest stories coming out of the NFL this week was Odell, who said he will not play in 2018 with the Giants without a contract extension. So this opens up the door to trades. I know a couple teams have already voiced their you know, their want for Odell, like the Browns, you know, obviously he wants Jarvis the Landry. Rams too. Jarvis Landry <laughs> wants to come, wants Odell to come and reunite. And obviously they're best friends. The Rams have been talking about it. Obviously he's a weapon. I think the Giants have to do everything they can to keep him. But if he wants to go, I say let him go. Let the Giants get something out of it, like a first-round pick. I know they that's what they really want, a high first-round pick mm-hmm. like what the Browns have. But I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested. He's a top talent, and... I think you know his name. Putting his name out there will drum up a lot of interest. Oh, yeah. I think. I think when you look at it, I think you're the Giants. You're the you're in the driver's seat. You got, you've got teams who are just can. You're they're just gonna absolutely clamor over or over Odell. They're gonna want him. He's one of the, he's shown when he's healthy. I know he had that back setback last year with the injuries, but when he's healthy, he's a he's a top five receiver in the league. Oh, top three. Yeah, yeah. top. I definitely say so. Um, he made his name after he, you know, made that crazy catch, and then he just took off, and his statistics are just nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Giants are sitting there like, okay, yeah, if no one comes to the, the um, driver's seat and wants to make a deal um, for us, and we can get a high first round pick and all this, all this other stuff, we can, we can. I think they might end up making a deal for him. Um, but I think when you look at it, like. The Rams, that'd be just, that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you set him up in that offense where they had so much success last year, um, and you give Jared Goff a young quarterback, uh, a weapon like Odell, um, that'd be nuts. Uh, but I think the team that would just be so cool to see him go to is the Browns. Um, you pair him with Jarvis Landry, his best friend. You know, they've been friends for years. They've always kind of wanted to pair up, I think, um, with Josh Gordon. I don't know how you stop that, and I would be the one of the best wide receiver cores in NFL history. Yeah, and and it's weird to say I don't know how you'd stop the Browns' offense, but yeah, they got Odell. That would just they they would just be so unstoppable. I think I think another spot that would be probably really cool to see for Odell would be the Forty Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo, another young quarterback. Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah, another young quarterback, West Coast, Mm -hmm. A, a team on the rise right now, and Jimmy Garoppolo has shown a lot of potential, and then put a top three wide receiver in that offense which had like no offensive weapons at all Mm -hmm. last year and it would be amazing to see yeah I think teams like the 49ers and the Browns have that cap space because he's going to want a huge extension that's why I don't think the Rams is going to work Mm -hmm. even though it would be great to see him out there I'm sure he would love to go to you know LA especially after Sue yeah and go a lot of big names over there yeah and they're going to have to pay Goff they're going to have to pay Gurley I just don't think that's a good spot for him right now. But a team like the Browns, I think, is very attractive they for him. They have the money, too. The Browns do. Yeah, I think that's very attractive. And I think this just adds to the offseason uh, news. So we wanted to talk about who do we think had the best offseason out of all the teams in the NFL. All 32 teams have signed a player, which is pretty crazy. You know, obviously a team like the Packers, who usually don't do anything. You know, they, they even made a couple moves this year. So we wanted to give, you know, who had the best offseason – 
And for me, it's the Rams. I think the Rams had the best offseason out of everybody. They just signed Sue last week, which I predicted. Sherman said they weren't going to, but they did. But uh, yeah, you as did, always, yeah, you were beefing with yeah, them. Yeah, well, as always, out. I'm always right. Look, but turned you turned out right about Case Keenum. <laughs> oh, you did Case Keenum. I didn't. Yeah, I had him in Denver. You had him like in Arizona. Or no, something. I never, never did that. But uh, the Rams, you know, they added Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, Dinamikin Sue, just adding to that defense. And another underrated signing is Sam Shields, former Packer. He was a top corner in the league. And then he went. He out wasn't a top corner. To he a very good corner, not a. Top he was corner. a top mm-hmm. corner in the league. Talib's a big risk, though. Yeah, he, yeah, Talib. Yeah, you got to the. Yeah, the problem with Sue, Tlaib, and Peters, that's a lot of big personalities on that defense. You got in young... L.A. too. Tlaib's 33, I think, too, also. Yeah. So there's yeah. a risk I, for like injury and just I think, the decline. Yeah, you have that too. But I think you look, they're putting those big personalities in a big city and such a big Under spotlight. a young coach who hasn't really dealt, dealt with, with a lot of that. No, Wade Phillips has. Yeah, they got Wade Phillips. I like Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. He's a good defensive coordinator. But I think the Rams have just, you know, they had a great season last year. Goff does the same thing he did. I think the Rams probably are going to be a top team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I agree with the Rams. I had them too. But another team I had was the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dorsey is doing everything I think the Browns should have done last offseason. They're using their cap space and trading all of those mid-round picks they've acquired over like the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sashi Brown died for this. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they brought in the bridge QB and Ty- Tyrod Taylor, and then they also signed the backup with Drew Stanton mm-hmm. so, so they could develop. I'm guessing they take Sam Darnold, and I think that's the right choice for them. They, uh, they got a decent running back if he could stay healthy and Carlos Hyde. Uh, they they I think they really boosted their secondary. They made great signings. I know Truman was talking about wanting EJ Gaines mm-hmm. really yeah. bad. They made a great signing in him. He's a very underrated signing, I think. Uh, also, they got uh, TJ Carey from the Raiders, mm-hmm. and moving Demarius Randall to safety is a good move because that was that was his original position, right? Yeah, coming out of college. And then and yeah, and they also got a decent tackle in uh, in Hubbard. So I mean, I don't think. It's going to be really difficult to fill that gap with Joe, Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think the Browns have upgraded in so many different ways, and they're in a perfect spot when they have pick one and pick four as well. Yeah, I think you look at the – mine was the Browns. Um, just with all the trades before free agency even started, you know, they just they just acquired talent, and that's what the Browns needed to do. They had – they almost – I think after the season, they had a need at every position um, when they went 0-16. And, you know, you look at – Wide receiver, you know, they paired Jarvis Landry at one of the top, one of the best receivers in the league with Josh Gordon, who when off weed, whatever he does, is one, in my opinion, one of the best receivers in the league. So you just have, you have talent there to pair with Tyrod Taylor, who's been a consistently good quarterback. He's not been, you know, great, but he's consistently good um, with probably a young quarterback in the top, the top five quarterback in the draft. Um who's going to have those receivers to come in the future. Um, you know, And then you look at the defense. I love DJ Gaines. I wish the Packers would have signed him, although Tremont Williams is back home. Um, I, I love DJ Gaines. The field. Um, I think I thought that was a really good late addition. Um, he was a top 15 corner last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that'll, that'll be good. Also, Demarius Randall, moving him back to safety, um, that's going to be huge. He was a top safety in the draft when he came out, and the Packers moved him to the corner for some reason. Um so I think, so I think when you look, they've also made improvements to their defense as well, um, and they still have what I think is crazy. They still have two top five picks, um, so they can just keep adding mm-hmm. for talent. And just the fact that I think the Browns' biggest mistake is just throwing uh, Deshaun Kaiser into that system with no one. Yeah, last year. yeah. And then now they have two franchise wide receivers, Gordon and Landry, uh, Darnold if they take him. Uh, could develop behind Taylor and Stanton. It's just a perfect situation for them, and the they got a decent running back. So, it's yeah, I think one of the different things from this year, from past years, they have that bridge quarterback. You know, they're not going to be throwing a rookie out there, just throwing him out there, seeing what he can do. Like the, what they did with Kaiser, with Manziel, with you know Brady Quinn, with all these quarterbacks in the past, and you know, just throw them out there and get killed. Um, so let's move on to another NFL talk- topic. We wanted to give you know our top 10 teams after you know the free agency period has kind of cooled down. There is some still some top free agents out there, but majority of the free agents have been signed. So we wanted to give our top 10 teams. 
So I'll just let Brett start it off since he's the guest. All right, so obviously number one is going to be the Super Bowl winner, the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the Eagles too, number one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I'm just going to go off my – I do have one pick. We'll just do – um. we'll go one, one, two, two. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so we all have the Eagles. So we all have the Eagles. I think you just you just got to put the Super Bowl mm-hmm. champion at one. Uh, number two, Patriots for me. Uh, I have the Patriots as well. I have the Saints. That is... I think the Saints... I think the Saints... Very bold. ...are one of the most talented teams. I think they lost on a fluke game last year. That's why they lost. I think they could have played the Eagles hard and maybe even Mm. challenged them for that spot in the Super Bowl. Vikings had the better defense than the Saints, and you saw what the Eagles did. I don't know. I I really like the Saints. I like Marshawn Lattimore. I think he's going to be one of the best, probably the best corner in the league for years to come. You got a top top 10 wide receiver. Top 10 wide receiver and another Ohio State grad in Michael Thomas. They got a solid running back combo with Kamara and... uh, Ingram, I think, and you got Drew Brees, who's still a top quarterback at his age. They're going to need to get a quarterback in, the, in here so, soon, though, because Drew Brees is running out. I think this year is going to be a great year for them. All right, I'll start off with number three again. I have the Minnesota Vikings at three. Oh, puke. Yeah. But I can see it. But I, I have the Saints at three, like Travis said. Um, I have the Patriots at three. Um, I just, I like, I mean, every reason Travis said for the Saints, I mean, top three, I just think for one and two you gotta go with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I moved the Patriots down. I know people say, you know, why didn't you put them at two like everybody else? But I think, you know, they lost a lot during free agency. I think, you know, that organization's starting to crack a little bit. And that would bolstered the defensive line though. I think it's starting to crack a little bit. Only thing I think the Patriots lost that was an actual hit was Nate Solder. Yeah, and they lost their they lost their starting right tackle too, I think. Nope. He was he was a third string right tackle. Oh. Cam Fleming depth is gone though. Yeah, the depth is gone. They lost Amendola. The they lost. You know, used, oh, Amendola, please. We have Brandon Gron- Cooks. Gronkowski's thinking of retiring. Back. I don't know. I just I mean you don't have Brady. Oh, Brady's joke. not going to be and there everyone, much longer. Every year they always say the Patriots are on the decline, and then they go <laughs> to the AFC Championship and win. You lost Deion Lewis. You know he was your top running back. Lost Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was trashed the last eh. season. I'm pretty sure he was ranked 45th or 50th in pro football focus. Obviously declined, and Titans way overpaid him. Starting to crack a little bit here in New England. Oh, Let's move down to number three. For me, no, I mean, we just did number three. Yeah. Number four for me is the Jaguars. Uh, I have the Jaguars as well at four. I, love the, I love the Jaguars' defense. Um, yeah, that defense. Their secondary is nuts. Yeah. Um, if Bortles can stay consistent um, and be... Just be a good quarterback. Doesn't have to be great, and they use that run game to their advantage. I think Jackson. They need. Really they good. lost wide receivers. Yeah, they yeah. need more wide receivers. They brought in Moncrief, who I think is a very underrated wide receiver, but they need to draft a wide receiver and you know develop him. I think they can. They need a little bit more talent around their offensive side. But that defense is top. I think best defense in the league. Let's move to number five. I had the Rams at number five. I got the Packers. I have the Packers as well. Oh, well. I got the Packers, but you know why? Because we have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Um, I think, I just think he's going to come back on an absolute tear. Um, you know, he's pissed off. Collarbone, I think he's going to come, on, come Jimmy out. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy yeah. Graham as an I, option. Um, I question the Jimmy Graham signing. Uh, well, I question all the moves Patriots make. Okay, uh, um, but I'm talking about the Packers right now. You know, they the secondary. You know, we still got some questions. Oh, gonna, more they than got questions. They more no, questions. no. We got they the 14th. Tra- pick. They call Tremont Williams the LeBron of the NFL. You know, he gets older, but he just keeps getting better. So you got the 14th pick in the draft. You're gonna spend that on a on a higher rated corner or even a pass rusher, just someone who can make an impact on that defense. Um, I could see them even making some moves up or back into the first round. They got a lot of options there. They have the most picks in the NFL draft. They could trade all around. They can do whatever they want to bring in young talent. Muhammad Wilkerson was one of the most underrated signings in the league. He's going to bolster that defensive line with Mike Daniels already. We have and now, Kenny Clark and Kenny Clark, a young pick out of UCLA. Preach, preach. Secondary. We have top three defensive line in the game. We have a decent linebacking core. I think Clay Matthews is going to come back and have old, a good season. Old. I think he's going to come back. Blake Martinez, didn't he lead the league in tackles? Yeah, I think he so. He led the league in tackles. I think <laughs> once you look, I think ha, Clinton Dix is a good safety. Tremon Williams is a great addition. Oh, they're going to have a they're going to have a high oh, they're going to have a high gosh. draft pick also well. Also in that secondary, Kevin King another high draft Sleep pick is going to come King in. Sleep on Kevin King last year. The Packers are ready and the Packers okay. are ready to go back to the Super Bowl. Amen. I, I know Amen. I'm dealing with the bias over here, but I my 
reason I don't like the Jimmy Graham signing for the Green Bay Packers because he's a you don't th- like the best red zone threat in the he's, league. He's you signed him to a three year deal. He's a thirty one year old tight end who's had an injury history. Best red zone threat in the and league. The man is going to score fifteen touchdowns. You, you're going to have next yeah. Season. You're going to have to score forty five points a game to beat teams at this point with no defense. That has no problem with Aaron Rodgers, Joe Philbin. But yeah, we brought Joe Philbin back, the offense corner, <laughs> no. the off- offensive mastermind. No, no. I, I'll call him I an offensive mastermind. This season, honestly, but offensive mastermind brought back. 2011 Packers, best offense in league history. Joe Philbin's brought back no, the mastermind behind all of that. I don't like the Jimmy Graham signing. You had then to focus we, on defense. And all right. We focus on defense. We got the defensive coordinator. Okay. We got to move on. We could talk hours on this, but I had the Rams at number five. I mean, where were we at? Number we're, five? We're at six yeah. now. No, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah I, and I had the Packers. I think with the talent the Rams added, I think they're top five team in the league. But again, we're moving to number six. I had the Packers at number six. So, again, not too far off. I think they're one of the most underrated teams coming into this league. Even that's that's crazy. You're an underrated team with Aaron Rodgers. It's you pretty, can't you, stop um, underrating Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback in the league. But so now we'll move on to number six. Six uh, Rams for me. Six for me was the Vikings. Um, Ooh, makes, that's, that's the hate right there. Makes me <laughs> makes me throw up a little bit to say that they're even a top ten team. Um, but top five. I think um, I think when you just look at you know their additions, um, like, you know a better quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I don't. I think Kirk Cousins is a little bit yeah. overrated. You don't um, think he's overrated now since he's on the Vikings? Uh, no, I've always thought Kirk Cousins is overrated <laughs> because I mean he uh, has an under five hundred. Oh, they did record. sign Sheldon Richardson um, too. Sheldon Richardson. So what? We saw that defense get. Oh wait, but torch didn't he come by? Did Muhammad Foles, Wilkerson come from that Nick same Foles. defense? Muhammad Wilkerson came from the Jets, big man. Yeah, so did Sheldon Richardson. Oh no, no, he came no, the no Seahawks. I'm talking, I'm talking yeah. about how they how they can't. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm talking about how that defense that everyone overrates is, oh, they got a top defense, got torched um, in the NFC Championship game. Um, And I think, you know, they got a lot of moving parts. Um, I don't think Kirk Cousins has that much of a better year than Case Keenum did last year. Um, But they got a good team. I, I put them at six. Yeah, I put the Vikings at number seven for me. This is the Packers hate. I know. I I, I just don't. Packers Kirk Cousins hate. has a terrible record versus top you know top teams in the NFL. He's never won a playoff game. I just don't think he's proven enough. How are you gonna put it? But team? I think if Cook Dalvin Cook can come back this year exactly. and have and have a great season, I think they could move up. But I just don't think they get past the Aaron Rodgers led Packers. Before we move on, how are you gonna put a team that was in the NFC Championship last year with Case Keenum? And not even in the top five because I don't think you when they have Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook coming back. And is they Kirk Cousins going to be that much better than what Case Keenum yes. did last season? No, yes. Case Keenum. Case Keenum did last season. What Kirk Cousins is going to do this? Season. No, he's going to no have a way. good season, not great, good season. Oh my goodness! All right, well let's let's move right, on. Let's try right. to get away from this. And for number eight, I had the Steelers. Wait, we're at seven. We're at seven. 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 <laughs> we're all screwed up right now. Seven, seven. I had the Steelers. Jaguars for me. Steelers. Steelers. Okay, let's move on. Number eight, I had the Panthers. Uh, I had the Steelers at eight. You had the Steelers at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the. I think I. I think I had the Panthers at eight too. Okay, then let's move on to number nine. What? I had the Falcons at nine. Yeah, I had the Falcons at number nine too. <laughs> I got. I got a sleeper pick right here at number nine. Houston Texans. Okay, I I, can I like that. it because people forget. Obviously, they were terrible last year because of the Deshaun Watson injury, but with health. That team is a top-tier team, and they proved it when they made the playoffs with Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.J. Watt is coming back, uh, and Watt and Clowney have barely been on the field at the same time. Uh, and then they have a decent running back, Lamar Miller, uh, and we barely got to see that wide receiver core with Sean Watson because Will Fuller missed time too, and when Will Fuller and uh, DeAndre Hopkins were playing together, it was the yeah. Texans' offense was insane, and they added you know the Honey Badger this year. Oh, that but, yeah. is true. I forgot about that. Yeah, bolster up that secondary. So, um, and then for me, ten, I like Kansas City. Um, I know they're coming in with a new quarterback and a young quarterback, but I I really like the addition of Sammy Watkins. Um, that big, he's going to add a big, gives them a big wide receiver to match all the speed that they have, and they have a decent. Pretty good defense, although Marcus Peters losing. They did that. bring in Kendall Fuller though. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I like which Fuller is an under, Peters. underrated move because um, they got him for Smith. Um, but I like Kansas City at ten. Uh, ten, I have the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Um, I mean, 
there's nothing much to say. Yeah, about we them. yeah we all agree that they're a top ten. Yeah. For me, I had a pit. Nobody else picked them. I had the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a top ten team in this league. They have you know one of the best pass young pass rushers with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. They got a solid quarterback, Philip Rivers. Um, you know their wide receiver core with Keenan Allen is pretty good. And we didn't mm-hmm. even get to see Mike Williams last year. He's a top top pick in the draft. They got a good running back all minute and Melvin Gordon. And they have a great secondary with uh, Casey Hayward mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Verrett. Yeah, I could definitely see them being top 10. Mm-hmm. It's just every single year with the Chargers, it's always health. Yeah. Almost all yeah. Time. And they, they had, they've they had offensive line troubles, but that's because they're, I think it was a second-round pick, Forrest Lamp. Um, yeah. Missed oh, yeah. The yeah, he season. missed the He was the top guard in the draft last season. So, yeah, I... They stay healthy. I think they can make a run. Yeah, yeah and I really like Philip Rivers. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think he's I think he's awesome, and uh, I think he can finally lead a talented roster to uh, being a top ten team. All right, let's move on to some of the questions and answers we got. We one of the questions we got was if we could have one player from the NFL that's not on the Packers, we'll do Patriots for Brett. He's a Patriots fan. Who would it be? For me, I think because that secondary is pretty messed up on the Packers. Me, it would be Jalen Ramsey. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's a top corner. He's got that. Cocky little arrogant attitude behind oh, yeah, him. You like that arrogant yeah, attitude. Yeah, I, huh? I like Jalen Ramsey. I think, <laughs> I think he's the best corner, one of the best corners in the league. I think that could really help with the Packers. Where to get him? <laughs> I think. What um, you think? <laughs> I, I like Jalen Ramsey too, but I'm gonna stick in the Jacksonville secondary. I'm gonna go Ooh, AJ. I like well, that. I can't better. pronounce Boye. 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 Um. Obviously, the Packers they do need secondary help. Um, and I think, what was his? What was that passer rating on deep balls he had? It was insane. It was I insane. Know. It was it was like under five. It, I don't know if it was that low. It, I was, think it low. was below fifteen. It was low. Below fifteen. It was like twelve or something like that. Maybe maybe there, there was one stat though where he was under five for passer rating. Maybe maybe he was twelve for deep balls, but. All over the stats were just crazy, and maybe it's just Jacksonville. You know they have other weapons in that secondary, so what, the pressure was taken off them somewhat with Jalen Ramsey and stuff like that. But I love him, um, and I thought I thought last year um, during free agency when he came from the Texans, I thought the Packers should have gone after him, but they didn't, of course. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would love to have him on the Packers. Uh, for the Patriots, for me is pretty. The first person I thought of is Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. the best pass rushing like def- like interior defender I think the league has seen in the last yeah. few, few years. Uh, the Patriots haven't had someone like that since Richard Seymour. Since all the Patriots have always had run stuff, run stuff. We, now we traded for Danny Shelton. They had Big Vince. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And but Aaron Donald, Patriots have had a lack of pass rush the last few years after trading like Chandler Jones and uh, losing Jabal Sheard. Uh, Aaron Donald would. Just do mm-hmm. everything on the defensive line. So another question we got: What are our thoughts on Michael Bennett? Obviously, he's the Eagles' defensive end. You know, he got traded to the Eagles from the Seahawks. He's been a top defensive end, but this week he got a. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's he, not a. Re- there's a warrant for his warrant arrest. for his arrest for pushing a lady in a wheelchair. Sixty six years old. He got pushed. He pushed her. I don't know. It was if after she, the Super Bowl. Did she fall or did she just? I I know she has bruises or something on her. I don't think there's any video evidence, but yeah, there's a couple witnesses though. Yeah, I I think the Eagles have to. I don't. I mean, it's tough to say you have to cut him, but I just don't think the Eagles. You know, they're coming hot, coming off this great year. I just don't think they need these these issues right now. And Michael Bennett really needs to just be kind of put in his place because he had that run in with the law last year. Turns out he was lying. Oh yeah. And I just I just I don't like Michael Bennett. Obviously Martellus Bennett last year. The Packers. I just I don't really like him at sure all. Wants to go off right now. Let me give you something about the Bennets. They are the worst. They are the most thug pieces of shit to ever come through the NFL. These two lying a holes don't get away with. They 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 are good players. Martellus Bennett. No, he's done. You know he he faltered off last year. Won a Super Bowl. You know was a good tight end. Horrible human being though. Yes. Came into came into Green Bay last year and just just screwed everything and gave up once Aaron Rodgers um, got both, hurt. Like pathological lies. Yeah. Bo- they, they have they have something wrong in their brains. Um, I don't know who is their parents. I would I'd love to see a picture of those two people. Um, but I don't know what how they were raised or what happened. But they Michael Bennett should be cut. Um, Roger Goodell should do something with him, and they should finally put these. A-hole brothers in place for once and for all. 
Yeah, so we're that's we're gonna keep watch on that as that situation goes. Now we have a couple questions for our guest Brett. So we wanted to ask you, you know, uh, tell us about your background in sports. Um, I don't have a deep background in sports. I started playing. I was I played soccer for about ten years, and then uh, I switched over to basketball, and I, I came back to. So- it's all basically rec sports for me. I, yeah. I don't have much of a deep history in sports. <laughs> Besides, I, I did play for youth Rangers soccer but, uh, and rec basketball. You know, hit some threes here and there, but other than that, yeah. uh, not much of a sports history. What are your favorite uh, sports teams? Um, so, I was born in Michigan, and... This is classic. Oh, get, yeah. get a load of oh, this yeah. one, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hockey is really big in Michigan, especially Detroit Red Wings hockey, and I've gr- grown up uh, as a Red Wings fan, uh, like, my whole life, and I still am a Red Wings fan. I'm um, hoping they t- continue to tank and get the number one pick. And uh, I'm also a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Ah, okay. Right, keep it going, baby. Uh, I didn't start getting into basketball till around 2010, 2011. Home, we so no, no. Uh, LeBron did not come home in 2010. He's actually gone. Uh, I never got to watch LeBron in his first years with the Cavs, which kind of makes me sad because I wasn't into basketball. But I was into the Cavs when it was uh, Dion Waiters, Earl Clark, Samardo Samuels, uh, those kind of guys. And then the one that I, I know, <laughs> I know, I, I lose respect for, but it's my favorite team, the New England Patriots. I've loved them forever, and uh, I know people hate the Patriots and people hate Patriots fans, but they're my favorite team. So yeah. Um, so you mentioned the Cavs. We wanted to ask you: Do you think the Cavs have enough to win the championship this year? Uh, I think they do because the Cavs. I think they've only had two games where they've had their full rotation. Uh, this season, and they're getting hot right now, right before playoff starts. I think they're on a five or six game win streak. Uh, they've looked great offensively. They've averaged like a hundred over one hundred twenty points per game in this stretch. Um, defense though, defense is still a struggle. But once again, Cavs haven't been fully healthy. I don't, and I feel like once they are, Tristan Thompson's getting limited minutes. Don't like him on defense at all. He gets eaten alive by centers uh, all around the league, and just. I don't know. The Cavs are a very deep team. They actually have a bench this year. Um, and LeBron is MVP this year, no doubt in my mind. I know Harden has had a great year, but LeBron, every single game he's played, has had a top 10 highlight every single game. And he's just. It's ridiculous how he's in year 15. You always see him post on Instagram the sheesh. Stuff yeah. dunking on people, but he's he's a human highlight reel, and he's having this. So he mentioned MVP. So we're gonna get into our predictions for the NBA awards. So let's. I guess we'll start with MVP. You're going with LeBron. LeBron. Um, I'm with Harden. I'm with Harden too. We discussed it a couple on a show a couple shows ago. I I think Harden's just had an amazing season. I know LeBron is LeBron, but I just think Harden is taking it to a new level. Um, most improved. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on to our most improved player. Player for me, I think it's Victor Oladipo. Agree with that. Uh, shout. I got to shout out to Tommy Santa Barbara because we discussed this the other day. Uh, you know, he's all star appearance this season. Uh, he's averaging twenty three points a game, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's averaging like over two steals a game, and I think he. They're proving wrong, people wrong on the OKC trade because mm-hmm. I honestly think the Pacers won that it's trade. Fun- yeah, it's funny because people when that trade went down, people were like. Oh well, the Pacers got absolutely. Yeah, they're gonna be a lottery team. Yeah, the Pacers get Pacers just are rebuilding now. But now you know Paul George is still good, still a star. But you know Old Depot is kind of coming into his own there. All right, let's move on now to we'll go Rookie of the Year. I think there's it's between two guys. I, don't I think, think it's a debate though. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons gets ben it. Simmons, yeah. Ben Simmons definitely. Donovan Mitchell has put up a good you know resume, but I think Ben Simmons. Is just... Donovan Mitchell's the better scorer, but Ben Simmons yeah. does it. He's all around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go defensive player of the year. I think Anthony Davis. Agree with that. All right. Ridiculous. Yeah. We all agree. Yeah. There's a. I mean, he's averaging two, uh, two point four blocks and one point five steals a game this season. That's yeah. insane. Well, Anthony Davis is just having his own MVP season in his own. Yeah. He's yeah. actually he's actually an MVP candidate. He is. So. I think I I think he's top four MVP candidate. Let's go a uh, six man. I think Lou Williams gets it. I I know that's a popular choice, but my pick is Will Barton. Uh, out of the Nuggets, I've watched him torch the Cavs. When we played them, and he he kind of does it all. Lou Williams is almost a mm-hmm. pure scorer. Barton can uh, dish the ball. He's he scores fifteen points a game. He's also a decent rebounder for a guard. He's six six, so I think he's been one of the best six men of the year. 
I, I just go with Lou Williams. He just seems like the popular pick for six man. He seems in that in that um, conversation every single year. So I'd go Lou Williams. All right, let's go to the last one, which we have coach of the year. For me, it's I think I would go with Dwayne Casey from the Raptors. My choice is Terry Stotts out of Portland. Okay, well I think you know Raptors. You know, past couple of years they haven't really, you know, done much. You know, it's kind of just been you know Lowry I'd, and DeRozan. I'd say I'd take Casey too because you look at the steps the Raptors have taken this year. Um, yeah, and they kind of involved everybody. You know, I think Lowry's getting the ball a lot less now. He's, DeRozan took the next step. Yeah, DeRozan's a great mm-hmm. player. And I think I know, just think the way the Raptors look right now, and I know we're gonna get into the talk about the postseason and how the Cavs kind of own the yeah. East. Um, and I think the Cavs will go to the finals again, but I just think the way the Raptors have looked this year can is finally a team that could maybe give the Cavs yeah, some issues. They do have the deepest bench in the league, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. the stats show that. But I, in case he's a great coach, but I just like Stotts out of Portland because pe- people didn't think the tra- Trailblazers would even be that decent of a team in the West, but now I think they're the fourth seed which is shocking to me. And Terry Stotts has been an underrated coach the last few years. All he really has is Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. They're not a deep team. They do have uh, Nurkic, but he's like just kind of a average big man to a slightly above average. But Yeah, I think, I think Portland's an interesting team because like it was when the West got so stacked this offseason with all these trades and all these additions, Portland didn't do wasn't, anything. They weren't talked about because mm-hmm. it was all about the Thunder. It's still always about the Warriors. The Nuggets game, Paul and then, yeah. the, and then obviously the Rockets and uh, just you, the Portland just got left out of the conversation. And people saw them as you know like a a, a low seeded West team, but you know now they're actually kind of making some noise. Yeah. So we just wanted to ask you, Brett, who do you think who's your favorite athlete of all time? Uh, LeBron James, easily. Yeah. Okay, uh, then we'll move uh, on. Explain that earlier because you know LeBron's yeah, you, the best of all time. You don't have to really. That's a, <laughs> that's a popular choice, I guess. What's your favorite sports memory? Uh, definitely Game Seven uh, in the Cavs Finals, the Warriors. Uh, that moment, I remember uh, sitting at Dom Drockton's house. Shout out to uh, D's Home Cuts once again. Yep. Uh, we were all watching the game, panicking after Kyrie hit that shot. I was trying to calm everyone down, and then watching. Steph Curry missed that shot, and then a lot of people forget, but Maurice Spates got the rebound and took another shot, and I believe he airballed it or bricked it, and then that's when the celebration went yeah. crazy. It's just a great moment. Great to moment see. for all Cleveland sports fans. Um, Puke. So that's our show. Um, we just want to again thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service LLC. We want you to go on to iTunes, give us your, give us a five star rate, you know, review us, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk, and our new Instagram, which is. TNT Sports Talk 12. Okay, and then we want to thank you to our guest, Brett High. Thank you for coming in the studio thank today. Thank you for having me. Um, we just want you know have a great day. Tune in on Thursday for some NCAA predictions. And we a special guest, another t- double guest week with Brian Leonard, Brian Leonard who, is a, oh boy. who is a liberal and a Bears fan. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to try to talk with him sports, even though, you know, liberal, Bears fans, and a Cubs fan. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to Get pretty I guess it comes so. out we are a conservative sports show. <laughs> yeah. And the worst fantasy football player of all time. <laughs> yes, Brian Leonard is a horrible fantasy sports player. Hey, he's and, second round. <laughs> and, and the fact that he's a Chicago sports fan says it all. So we'll, we'll look forward we'll to talking. We'll get it in. All right. See so you guys. Tune in on Thursday. Thank you. Go Packers.